Everything, everything's better when Neil's involved. All right. It says it's recording to the cloud. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, listen, um, this, I mean, we, we created, honestly, we, uh, we came up, Neil, and I mean, it was kind of the original idea, but this, this whole podcast was created for, honestly, for moments like this, like to, to talk through issues that are, you know, pressing to the moment, right? That, um, that that's not super clear and maybe we, we will or won't talk about on Sunday, but just we, we can flesh out a little bit more. And so I just want to say uh, getting started as we get started um, that we realize this is not, that this is a very present and personal reality uh, that we're all sort of in this tension. And for, for many people, actually for all of us, but for, to varying degrees, this is not just like an idea, right. That we're fleshing out. Like this is very, present and personal and there is anxiety there is frustration there is pain there is fear going on in many of our lives and and we want to be honest about that and dive into that and let god's word speak into that but um but we just know that it's personal and and very very much urgent and present in our lives so uh, and as we talk through things, just know that like some of some of the rawness that we know you guys are feeling is is financial for many of you guys and being frustrated about, you know, not having a job or not being able to operate your business or any list of things. And so we're going to talk about how do we navigate, you know, relationships with the government and with one another. But I just want to say from the beginning, especially to our journey people that, um, you know, we like we it, it, you don't you're not just relying on the government here. Uh, that God will provide for you. And, and one of the ways that he may do that, that he may be wanting to do that is through the church. We've said that on Sunday mornings, we, we mean it. It's not in many of your, many of us have a nature where we, we are not used to or okay with um, asking for help, but just know that like that, that the journey wants to care for its people and the community. If we can, if you're not a part of our church, but you need help. We still want to know. We might not be able to do as much for you, but we, we still want to know. And so, just, just want to put that out there before we move to talking about navigating sort of other secondary issues. We know that there's very real struggle here and we just want to invite you to that. So you can send us an email at info at the journey si.org or info at fermented faith. Either way, we'll get it and we would love to follow up with you. So just want to throw that out there. Um, all right. So as we get into this though, uh, it's tense time for everybody. There's the pressures on all of us. I think it changed. I think for many of us, my, me personally, when it, it got extended another month, that hit me different. I don't know about, was that true for you guys? It just kind of felt like, okay, I was, all, I was, I was kind of in, I could take a deep breath on the first one and just kind of do it, but um, not so much on, on this one. It's just felt different. And so uh, the, the, we're all sort of under this squeeze, but in, in this tense moment that everybody's experiencing together, what comes out of us as God's people matters, right? How we're responding, how we're interacting, uh, it matters. And so uh, it's not easy. Don't pretend that it is, but it matters. And so that's what we want to sort of talk about because the Bible does have insight. Uh, it doesn't speak to every issue, but it does provide insight on that and principally how we're to conduct ourselves. And so uh, we're not going to get into, you know, politics and pretend to sort all of this out, but we're going to get into how do we navigate that and how uh, we're not going to tell you how you should feel necessarily. We're going to try to let the Bible speak to what do you do with what you feel and how do you inform yourself and, and how do you, you, you know, manage relationships with uh, our elected officials and with one another 
uh, as we kind of go through this together. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel like the the first month was kind of like the first date with civilization. Now going into the second month, it's like okay, the realness is is about to get you know very vibrant. And so, I've I've exhausted my entire Netflix catalog. So it's like, all right, what do I do now with my second month? So yeah. it feels different. <laughs> I'm happy Neil just mentioned that because I, I'm kind of sitting in the same boat as both of you. You know, the, the first 30 days, it was one, or the first month, it was one of those, okay, we're going to sit this out, we're going to get through this, and then we're going to, everything's going to pick back up. But then now, finding out that we're on another 30 days, so many worries and concerns just like hit me. And then all of a sudden, I started like, have more worries and concerns about other people or local businesses. And I'm like, there's no way even with the packages going out and stimulus to this and that, I'm like, people, things can't survive. Like the economy is hurt right now. And then I also sit and think, you know, off of Neil's comment just then, um, people have been binged, watched all the shows they could. Could you imagine if this happened to us 20 years ago? <laughs> what in the world? We would be sending smoke signals because our Nokia phone wouldn't reach across town so I mean yeah no it's it's crazy but at the same time I'm like I tried to find that positive where I'm like hey our God's great like he gave us this technology and people were able to make these things we're able to do this right now because 20 years ago we'd be going you got mail you know what I'm saying so I mean yeah this next 30 I think there's gonna be a lot of changes I think a lot of people are gonna start really feeling the effects of what's going on and I think COVID-19 is gonna turn into more than just this respiratory style disease. I think it's COVID-19 is going to be known about what's happening in homes, the healthy people now. Yeah, its impacts are, we're already far reaching, but are going to continue. And, and then the tensions, the tensions rise and the tensions are real in this as, as different states operate differently. And then we're sort of in this you know area where we're, we're just an hour or two away from three other states, you know, and, and then we're, and then, you know, the, the reality that we know, and again, that, that, you know, everything, we're going to get into why everything going political or, or whatever, but just the reality is, you know, our state is um, mostly influenced by what's going on in Chicago, and we're, it's a totally different world down here, right? Um, totally different environment, um, totally different economic system. Uh, we live further apart. We don't do mass transit. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just, it, it is different. And that doesn't mean that the virus isn't real and uh, it doesn't mean that it, it's not going, it hasn't affected or wouldn't affect us. And, and then there's this, you know, we get this tension of like, people say that and are frustrated by the, the way we're having to be socially or, you know, on lockdown or whatever. And the tension of like, okay, we're doing this with only this many cases. When, you know, there's a part of the reality of like, okay, but yeah, maybe we only have this many cases because we've done that. And so we need to be grateful for that. But then on the other side, is there not some middle ground of how we can operate? And that's what everybody's feeling and processing. And again, not what we're necessarily going to try to sort out, but rather how do we respond as Christians in this really unique season, right? It's really, really unique uh, for a multitude of ways. So let's start by talking about how do we relate to government? Uh, so the, the Bible talks about that we should submit to government. Um, and so I'll just read that from, from Romans 13. What we'll sort of talk about is that an absolute all the time. 
Um, are there some exceptions? And if so, what does that look like? And it's even more unique, you know, because it's not just a hard and fast government for us. Like we are, a gov you know, we're governed by this is democracy. This is a beautiful country. And so it's, it's sort of different. We should praise, praise God for that, right? Like from the get-go, we should be grateful that we live in a nation where our voices can be heard and we can even, you know, sift through media things for the truth and, you know, try to process all that. There's plenty of people that have gone through this that don't have that. Whatever the government said, that's what they had to do. And they had to deal with the consequences. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's so be grateful for that. But how do we navigate even that, the Bible's instruction in our unique situation of the United States of America? So Romans 13 says this in verse one, <clears throat> let every person be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist haven't been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Or would, <clears throat> would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. He does bear the sword. He does not bear the sword in fame, for he is the servant of God, the avenger of, of the one who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. So what that's saying, in short, not to, you know, unpack it in, a, in its entirety, but in short, that God put government in place for our good, right? That it is there primarily as a terror, uh, not against what is good, but rather what is evil, meaning it is there to hold back some of the the sinful nature of man and protect the, 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 the overall good of a country, state, municipality, so on. That, that is God designed that. It's, it's good. That's its intention. Now, certainly there are sinful men and women that get in those places. It's not always executed perfectly, but overall that's God's good design. And so he's saying it's there to be a terror to what is evil, not to what is bad. And so we should be ones that are submitting to it. Basically, I think Paul is saying to, to them, I think, you know, this is, you know, Roman government is going to read this. Paul knows that. And I think he's, he's saying like, hey, Christians by and large are not anarchists. We're not going to be trying to overthrow it. Like we're going to submit. We're going to be good citizens. That's what God has called us to do. So, so that's kind of the overall view of that. But I ask you guys, are there times whenever it's okay? Are there times where we should or it is okay not to submit or not to obey? Are there examples of that in the scripture, things that we can point to or in history? Neil, would you like to go first? Yeah, I mean, I I immediately think back to my vacation Bible school days of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, and so I, I think about um was that was that well that's about as far as my uh vacation my knowledge goes is that nebuchadnezzar yeah yeah so. yeah i think anthony played that role or, or one of the roles <laughs> yeah. um so i i think i think it's um appropriate to um disagree with government when government it um, encourages or dictates uh, you to fly in the face of what God, you know, instructs. So. Yeah. Any other examples, Anthony? 
Um, so honestly, I, I, I mean, hearing what you guys are saying, I, one, I want to give my little two cents in here. I don't want this to become a big, oh my gosh, can't believe th this is being said, or they're talking politics, this, that. Um, our government's in place, like you said, it was a God-given kind of structure. You know, God was able to equip people to come up with the mindset and thoughts of, hey, let's do this to be effective leaders. I have so much sorrow right now for our leaders from Mayor Absher on up. I mean, come on, people. Let's give these people a break. I love seeing communities coming together right now and honoring, you know, grocery store employees, honoring, you know, hospital employees. Stop for a moment and actually think of all the decisions that these people that are in these decision makers, the decision makers, the shot callers, give them a shout out. Thank them because the weight of the stuff that they are carrying right now is ridiculous. I mean, just just for that moment, I just want to throw that out there. And then kind of, I mean, I, I was thinking along of like Acts 5, 28 through 29. Um, I know you kind of threw that towards me, uh, Jordan. And, you know, it, in saying we strictly charge you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than man. So my big thing is, you know, we, we need to respect the laws of the land, and it is very biblical. We, we need to respect the law of our state, what is going on in our governing bodies and all that. But at the same time, we need to respect the one true king, right? So we need to be gracious in this and continue to focus on what's to come and continue to uplift one another and continue to build off one another, not stopping and going, your opinions, your views are completely wrong and turning your lives focus into this political state. Instead, yeah. we need to be to focus on one another going, hey, I love you, brother, I, I, sister. I want to care for you. I want to help you through this time of need. I understand your opinions are your opinions, but you know what? We've got one thing to focus on, and it's the rebirth of what's to come after this. It's what God intended us as people. So, I mean, it's, I don't know, this is a super touchy subject. I'm going to be a little more closed off, I think, because I don't want to come out and upset anybody. But at the same time, I love you all, brothers and sisters. I'm, I'm going to speak my mind. Well, again, I mean, how we respond matters. And, and again, there is, there's certainly, I, th this podcast is not to say that we as Christians should, should shut up and be silent and not engage. That is, is not the intent of this. It is how do we engage in a way that brings glory to God um, and, and is a good witness, right? And so, you know, I, that is not our intention of just, okay, submit at all costs, whatever. Um, you know, there, there are, there are, you know, you guys mentioned, you know, some stories from Daniel. That's one. There's actually another story from, you know, from Daniel himself getting thrown in the lion's den where he's defying the, the, the law of the land. Why? Because it, uh, those laws were contradicting with what God had, had put in place. And so at, at whenever possible, as much as possible, as much as is up to us, we should live at peace with all people. And that is, that means we, you know, as we can, we, we submit to the government. If that is, is causing us to get out of line with what God has called us to do, then we have to, we, that's when, you know, that's what Peter said. Hey, we got to obey God rather than man. Y'all got to deal with, however you think you need to handle that with us, that's fine, but we're going to submit to God and not you all. And so, but that was about specific situations. And Esther, uh, you know, for her to go to the king, that was against the law. And she says, you know, Mordecai tells her she needs to do that. She says, listen, that's against the law. If I do that, I'm going to, I'm going to get killed. And he goes, well, we're going to die one way or another. So 
maybe go ahead and consider putting yourself out there. And so that's when she says, all right, if I perish, I perish. And she goes. How about you go first, more time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> short, short of the stick, you go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so, so we have examples of that. We have a historical example. Probably the most famous one is uh, Neil. Neil, you, you brought some quotes from Dietrich Bonhoff for today. It's funny, we were preparing uh, some notes and a Google Doc, and I'm, I'm thinking in terms of you know, these bullet points and these things to say, and Neil is just dropping in, like, you call and them names and, names and quotes and random things. You could share some of them on here as we talk about it if you want, Neil. But, uh, yeah, so Bonhoeffer, if you don't know, he was a part of um, the plot to, to kill Hitler. It failed. Um, but but he was, he was part of that, that plot and, and um, defied, obviously, an, an evil. And so at that point, clearly the government has moved from being a terror to evil to being a terror to what is, is good. So I think what you said, Anthony, is such a good point. Like, it's, a, it's just a good starting point to we'll talk about later, humanizing people who disagree with us in general. But it's, it's important to start there with, with our elected officials. I, and, and listen, our culture has conditioned us to not do that, Right. We live in an outrage culture. We live in a 24-hour news cycle. They are writing things to get uh, a hot take, clickbait. Like, that is the motivation behind so much of what is put out. And so we're conditioned to sort of see the enemy as the other side, people who don't agree with us or whatever. And so sometimes we start there with elected officials. Well, they, they are the other party of me. They, they, they disagree on this subject. And so we take everything they say or we uh, we automatically assume their motives are negative. Now, they may have bad motive. We'll get to that. But I think it's, it, is, it is good to uh, start where you said. I, I told Mayor Absher that, you know, I, I, I honestly just put this out there so you guys know, we, like I called him a few weeks ago to say, hey, could we, if we obey all social guidelines and keep distancing, could we do a drive-in church service for Easter? Would that be frowned upon by the city? And he said, it, it would be, I, it would be frowned upon. And I would, you know, and I said, and we, he was very gracious. He said, I want to be in a place to tell churches what to do, but I, I think we need to avoid as much gathering as possible. And, uh, and I said, listen, I'll respect that. I said, I don't envy you. Uh, I said, listen, I've got decision fatigue from my little world of running a church, a small church, right? So I can't imagine, as Anthony said, what are, what he's going through, what uh, Governor Pritzker President Trump and and on everybody in between and on up like I don't envy any of them the constant the decisions are not easy and they have consequences both ways and we need to remember that and and start with the assumption at least start with the assumption that that they are at least trying to do what's best for the most people and now but what do we do when we disagree right what do we do when we feel like I, there's no way I, when we, we just firmly disagree and, and feel strongly that they are not doing what's best for most people, that they are not being a terror to what is evil, but rather definitely going the other way. What, what do we do? Um, you mean before uh, we, we sharpen the pitchforks? What's that? Before we sharpen the pitchforks? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You say that, but let's be honest. I mean, I'm just going to say, everyone that's watching right now, stop with your immediate critique of the state and its situation and the government and who's going to talk. Because I promise you right now, after Jordan named off officials, somebody said, oh, that guy's a moron. He's doing it this way. That, what are you doing? We literally just talked about we shouldn't be doing that. So to me, to, to touch off of what you just said and before Neil jumped into the sharpen your pitchforks, let's be honest. How special and unique are we living where we live, our country, land of the free, to where we are the ones that are given the power 
to select these people, right? So I guess in a sense, I get even more frustrated in the fact that we are the ones that are selecting people, but then everybody has an opinion once something else goes and it's not the way they want it. And they say it's this person's fault because they picked them. But I mean, imagine being in one of these other countries that has zero voice who, yeah. who's in that leadership position. So with the, situa- the situation in general, to me, I mean, it's just one of those, is it not right that we are allowing our, our states to help govern their own bodies and allow their state, the city and state officials to actually trickle down and say, hey, we need you to run your areas the way that you deem fit, what's best for your community. Nobody has knocked on anybody's door and threatened anyone to step outside yet. At least they haven't knocked on my door. Have they knocked on your guys' door? I mean, Neil, you, you're an ugly mug, so I would ask you never to come out anyway. They're scheduled for about another hour, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's even more unique. So, absolutely, praise God for the country we live in. I mean, I think it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a privilege, and we, we, shouldn't, no, we shouldn't be quick to forget that. We need to be grateful for that. But it, it, it adds some uniqueness to this, because we have the federal government giving guidelines, right, mm-hmm. and, and releasing it to the states. And we have states kind of, you know, doing what they feel best, you know, guidelines or not. And then, and then we have local officials saying, well, we, you know, we don't agree with that. We're not going to enforce. It. So it's, it's very interesting. Who do I, what do I do what the state said? Do I do what the, you know, and, and then, and, and listen, to be fair, I have some questions about the logic of some of the restrictions. Like, don't get me wrong. There is some strange head scratching things here about why this is okay, but this is not like, absolutely. I want to just give you all that because I know that there's, there's, there's that tension and I, and I get it. And I, but the, the, the beauty of, of, again, where we do live is that, you know, we, we have opportunities to do something about it. So what I, what I think I would say, again, this is just wisdom, not super clear. The Bible doesn't speak directly to our situation. Um, but I, I think you, you start with your most immediate authority, right? Your municipality, your county officials, you know, whatever, if you're in a city, okay, what's that mayor saying? What's that municipality, the, the police force, what are they enforcing? What are they having you do? And, and you submit where you can't, like you, you respectfully inquire, hey, is this possible? Could we consider that? And if they say no, you, you, you submit where, you, where possible. Like, and I just want to say, like, uh, to this point, I don't see anything that we've been made to do or not to do that is infringing on, like, that, is, that is, would cause us to be in disobedience to the Lord. I don't see anything at this point. Now, I, we have our ears open for religious liberty. Like, we're watching for that. If the church is targeted and we are told not to meet specifically because we're Christians or like we will fight that battle. We absolutely will. I don't think that's what's happening right now. We are, we got our ears to that. I I know that there's some people saying, well, if they can do this, but we can't do that. That's, I get it. I understand again, some of the illogic of it, but I, I, I don't feel at this point we're being targeted or that we are unable to fulfill God's command based off of what the state is saying uh, now some people would say well god tells us to gather and we're not able to gather and, and i get that I, again i don't think that's what's happening here i don't think we're being targeted for that I, you know ecclesiastes talks about there's a season to embrace there's a season to not there's a season for, and i just think we're in a really really unique season some people are going to disagree with me on that and some churches are filing lawsuits and, and i get it everybody's going to process this a bit differently but for for us we don't feel like that's where we are but okay so Submit where you can, but you don't just have to go, okay, well, I'm defeated. We have part of our, the goodness of our government 
again, it's not perfect, but part of the goodness is what we have a voice. Like you said, Anthony, like we can actually speak up. So take advantage of the opportunities before you, right? What does that, what does that look like, Neil? Should we, you know, practically, what can we do? Do we just bash people on Facebook or do we, is there other more productive ways perhaps? Practically, what, what do we do? Well, like Andy was saying earlier, the technology that's at our fingertips, it, it's never been easier ever, ever before to uh, get your voice out there through the written word. So yeah, you can take the low road and just be a troll on Facebook and just pour, you know, put up some Facebook memes, or you can actually you know, do, some, do the work, do the hard work of critical thinking and, and actually putting your thoughts to words and having, having people in your, in your immediate circle read it. And if it's good, then put it out there for the world to see. And then, like you said, you know, you contact your city leaders and I'm telling you, um, you know, they are always looking for people who have a passion and who have a, an invested interest and making sure that the community not only survives, but thrives. So they're never going to yeah. turn away someone that has a concern that, you know, something is, is not um, going well for, for Marion or for Southern Illinois or for the state of Illinois. So. Yeah, so talk to city, city council members, talk to the mayor. Our mayor is incredibly approachable here in Marion. I mean, that, uh, Maybe not everybody has that, that blessing, but yeah. And then you got state representatives, right? Like they're there for that reason. Let them know. And you can, I, mean, I would even say you can rally other people to that and petitions and things like that online. Like all of that is okay. Like for sure should be, can and should be utilized by, by Christians. I, I think somebody that advocates total silence and disengagement based on the Christian faith that we can't engage in politics, like, I would say to not engage is to support the status quo. And at times that's going to be really harmful, right? To say, we're not speaking up for these issues that the Bible does value, whether that be life or, you know, fill in the blank. We need to be engaged, but how we engage matters for sure. So uh, go ahead. Well, no, I was just totally agreeing. And again, I, I can't urge everyone more than like, use your voice, but here's my thing. Put your, your noggin on, you know, my wife and Neil and Jordan always, Anthony, you need to use this before you use this. And so I do my best because I'm not the best at that. And I feel that sometimes a lot of people get a little loose and wild with these thumbs on the Facebook channels or on the Instagrams and start getting wild and crazy with it. And yeah, all of a sudden, about social media. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, did I just read what that person said? Correct. Like, what the heck did they think before they say that? Like, first off, reach out to your local community group, like within the church, talk to somebody, be like, Hey, do you feel like this is, this? I mean, this is where my head's at with it. What do you think? Or take it the next step up. Like Mayor Absher, shout out to you. The guys swell. I have his personal number. I've messaged him before on some topics. I know me and Jordan literally gave him a call one day and went and visited him in his office one time. He is about us. He wants to talk. He wants to communicate with us. Um, He's not paid us to endorse him, by the way. Yeah, yeah no, he hasn't actually. That's right. <laughs> no, um, but anyway, like, I, I mean, I can't help but strongly continue to say, use that voice. 
but there's no reason to turn around and use it in a negative way. Like, I mean, I understand that you're not going to agree with everything, but guess what? Life's going to keep moving. Share your opinion. Don't try and change everybody else's. That's not the idea of that. And I, and I think we can, we can disagree and still honor their authority. Like we can, we can, we, like, and that's been true most of like, like I have, I have strong disagreements with things that Governor Pritzker has done and stances he has. Like the same is true of, of, of our president. Like that doesn't mean I, I, I can disagree with him and still honor their authority. The, the best example I, I thought really striking as I was reflecting on this is, is David uh, prior to becoming king is being hunted by the current king, Saul. Like Saul literally wants to kill him and is leading the country away from the Lord. Okay, so David has legit reason to believe that his government, his authority, is not in the Lord's will. They, they are, are hunt, he's hunting him and is, is leading the country into idolatry. And yet, David honors him. He honors him. Practically, he has at least two opportunities to kill him and doesn't. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. Even though Saul is hunting him, David says, I'm not going to kill him. And, then, and the reason that he says so is because he is the Lord's anointed. But, but, I had it marked, but I lost it. But he says, in, I think it's First Samuel 24 or something. Uh, but he, he says, this is the Lord's anointed king, so I'm not going to. So he honors him even in that. T- like, I think there's something for us all to, to, to learn there and to just, again, like we said, humanize them, give them the benefit of the doubt. It doesn't mean you have to, you know, agree. It doesn't mean you have to, you know take everything they say you can speak up but you can do that while honoring them and so i think assuming the best and then also if you actually want to influence change is the best way to do that by being hateful harsh and demeaning like if you just think practically if somebody's trying to persuade you of something what's the most effective way for them to do that to demean you (laughs) super motivating right (laughs) Yeah. Um, Jordan, Neil, give me one second. Oh, I saw G pop up. <laughs> um, I did forget to add, uh, actually add to the beginning of the podcast. I've had a couple people actually send me a few text messages. First off, again, I know I said if you have a question or anything, you want to add something into what we're discussing, please do. Feel free. Put it down in the comments. Add whatever you'd like. Also, I mean, I had one individual ask, are we taking any kind of questions or ideas? Yes, definitely. We will do our best to answer it. But again, with what Jordan just touched on, please, please, please assume the best in us and do not get upset in the event that we say something that you don't agree with completely. And just know that just because my view of one thing and your view of another doesn't mean either one of us is right or wrong. Somewhere in between, Neil actually, it was either Neil or Jordan before we did all this in our prep, shared a really cool picture of two individuals. And whoever it was, if you could add this in here, one individual is looking down at the ground. It's the number six in front of him. The other individual across from him is looking down. And, of course, a six upside down is a nine. And one says, you're wrong. This is a six. And the other says, no, you're wrong. This is a nine. We all have different viewpoints on things, folks, but we can learn to try and get along and, and agree. So, yes, if you have a question, there's something you want to add, put it in the comments. We will get to it as quickly as possible. If we're still on here live, I'd love to try and answer them. I'm sure Jordan and Neil uh, – I'm sorry. I'm sure Jordan Bird and Dr. Neil Clayton, might I point out to everyone, would love to go ahead and try and help out and answer those. Anyway, back to what we were talking about. I'm so sorry. But, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, so our approach to voicing those opinions, um, voicing our concerns, that matters too, right? First of all, for our witness, right? Uh, people are watching. Uh, we are identified as, as God's people. How we respond, people are, people are paying attention to that. But then also practically, as I said, you want to get the most done. Proverbs 12, 18 says, um, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrust. I feel like that is the motto of a lot of social media users, right? They're, they're just there to get a jab in, get a hot take said, you know, that's, that's, their, that's their goal. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. So what's your actual agenda there? Are you just trying to get heard, get likes, you know, make a point? Or do you want to cause change? If you want to cause change, Proverbs 15, 1 and 2 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of fools pours out folly. I think there's wisdom for us in that. Again, that's Proverbs 15, 1 and 2, Proverbs 12, 18. Um, our approach, as we're letting our, our, our voices be heard, our approach matters, um, especially as Christians. So, again, it doesn't mean we don't say anything. It just means how we do it um, does matter. So, um, I think Moving now from, okay, how do we relate to government to a sort of broader, now how do we relate to one another specifically? How do we disagree with one another with some grace? Um, and again, that's not gonna, you know, that's not gonna sell newspapers. I, nobody buys newspapers, but it's not gonna like, you know, get you hot, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be good clicks, um, clickbait if, if you're, you know, showing grace. But if you, you know, we want to be God's people. And so how do we disagree with grace and, and how do we still love people who disagree with us? Um, I think, as we've said, it starts by humanizing those we disagree with. Our culture has conditioned us to sort of have this polarizing partisanship, right? It leads to outrage. Uh, we sort of live in this outrage culture where people are, I heard somebody compare it to like, we don't have a great you know, cause behind, like we don't have a war that we're fighting. This should be an opportunity for us to be united. But oftentimes when we don't, um, you know, in this season, it seems like we're identifying, we're finding our purpose and identifying ourselves with what we hate, right? With what we're against. It's this out, it's, it's us versus them. And, and we kind of read everything through that lens. And we're, we're just, we're kind of ready to pounce on anybody that, you know, disagrees with us. And then we start, again, that's the lens we're, we're seeing this through and other things through. And listen, there are certainly aspects of this situation and others where politicians and other people use this as an opportunity. Okay. That happened with the Me Too move, movement. Um, fundamentally a good thing where men need to reform the way we treat women. I think we should be for that as Christians. But did that get used as an opportunity and weaponized? Absolutely, right? And so both of those things are, are, are concerning. This is happening, like there is a legitimate virus that has that is a threat to our humanity. And it is, but at the same time, it is being used as an opportunity to push political agendas. That is, that is true. We don't need to act like that doesn't exist. But again, how we interact with it matters and so uh, but that that starts we have to humanize the people that we disagree with i want to share this and then i'll kind of um i'll stop preaching and let you guys interact again but um preach preach and to uh 
I am not wise enough to engage with this. I, so I, I'm on my own. I, I go to Piper and Keller a lot. And as I was listening to Keller talk about um, this issue, how do we deal with, with politics in general, how we interpret news and how we kind of go, go about that. Uh, he said, the first question we have to ask is, are, are we seeking truth or are we seeking an ideology? Ideology, rather. Are we seeking truth or are we seeking an ideology? So he, he was talking about an author named Eagleton that wrote a book called Ideology, and, and he defined it this way. He says, ideology is different than conviction. Okay? In that, ideology believes, at its core, it believes in the illegitimacy of the alternative. Meaning, people who don't agree with me, the, the other side of the coin, the other side of the political, whatever it is, it's not just that we think they're mistaken on some details, but, you know, or they have some good points, but they're overall wrong. It's rather just that other side is illegitimate, period. Right? And so that, that's, that's how he defines ideology, meaning they believe in the illegitimacy of the other side or the alternative of what they believe. And this leads to people not being after the truth, right? But by and large, rather after their own ideology. Or ideology. <clears throat> so then we look at situations purely through that lens and we're controlled by that political view and we start to interpret things that way. So what do we do? I know, Neil, you were, you were talking a little bit um, earlier today. How, how, do we, how do we, what do we do about that? I think one of the first steps is recognizing what's going on in us and our, that we have a bias as we're watching the news, as we're reading things, as we're interpreting facts and updates, we have a bias and recognizing that is a good first step. It just, and we're, as we're processing, how do we disagree with one another? We have to know that we come into it with, with some of that. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that and even confirmation bias? How does that play out practically? I, you know, one of the most, um, transformative books I've ever read um, from, a, from a personal point of view was Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I read this book early 20s. And one of the first habits that you develop in life is to seek first to understand, then to be understood. That you always seek to understand the other person's point of view before you even expect them to understand you. Sounds familiar, and, like a slow to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has, has some echoes of this guy named Jesus. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's the idea that you, A, like you said, you're, you're self-aware enough to know, you know what, I do have certain beliefs that I, it's going to affect how I see the world. Um, and, but it's important that I am, um, that I have an, a, a mind that is, um, I, I just lost my terminology, but the idea is that you, you need to seek out uh, a common ground to understand the other person's point of view before you can ever come to some uh, agreement. Um, you know, if you ever took debate, one, one, of the, one of the strategies was to take the opposing viewpoint and, and try to defend that viewpoint just to see yeah. how, how they see the, 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 the topic itself. Yeah. So I think, it, I think it teaches you 
it teaches one to really think critically, not only what other people believe, but what you believe. And, and make sure you shore that up, that you, you just don't believe or think what you think, simply because that's what mama and papa taught you. But, you know, you've... you've, you've mama said. Mama said. I'm not saying mama's not right, but it's just good to know that you believe that too for, for your own uh, personal reasons. Yeah, because if, if not, we, we create this, we just live in this echo chamber, right? Yeah. And, and we're just, we're, we're only listening to and valid and giving valid, uh, you know, influence to what we already agree with. And so... Um, and, and that's what confirmation bias is. That's what's so dangerous about, that's what social media, it can be dangerous if, you, if you're on Facebook and you just listen to other people that think like you, then you begin to believe that that's all there is. One of the most dangerous things about this phone is if you get your news on the phone, it wants you to like it. And if you like it, it automatically filters and gives you more news that you're yeah. going to like. And so I never like what the news that I read just because I want, I want to see different perspectives. Love that you're touching on that, Neil. Like, for real, numbers and facts can be twisted to justify your position all day, every day. You, you will seek those out. You will find those. You hear what you want to hear. If you are the same ass, numbers. The same numbers and same facts can be twisted yeah. to either side. Absolutely. Easily. Yeah. Easily. So, I mean, you're no matter what, when you hear the one thing you want to hear, you just checked out, and you're going to focus in on that one thing. And you're, See, I told you. Told you. And it's like, did you did you hear the rest? Did, did you actually take in the rest? So right. I mean, and, and what Neil just said, like a lot of people, I don't know why Facebook became a accredited source of knowledge. <laughs> like if it's Facebook official, it's it's facts, it's hard, it's real. No, no, it's not. <laughs> and then so I mean, greatly, greatly well put, Neil. I love how you said that. Um, and, and we, we got to be critical of all sources, not just the ones that you typically, you know. I mean. I, th this is great. You guys are doing awesome. One thing I want to ask real quick, do, do either one of you, are you guys seeing the comments? We've had two people actually um, ask some stuff. So I want to make sure we do get to those. Okay, gentlemen, just, just throwing that out there. Yeah, let's get, uh, we got just uh, a couple more follow-up things to that. And then we will, we'll spend time fielding all the questions. So keep them coming. Um, so yeah, I, I think that is, is important for us to, to recognize coming into just any, this is, this is an extreme example that sort of put it all, put us all in this place. Uh, but just in general, that's good practice. And we're not saying that you, you're, you're no longer critical of opinions that are different than yours. We're just saying apply that same critical, you know, analytical posture to what you're, you're more inclined to believe. Be equally critical listen to the other side and, and part of that is the other side even that is is what's part of what's wrong with us as we're saying that like we need to understand that there are there are agendas yes don't hear me not saying that for sure uh, and again i we're, i'm not pretending we could sort that out but but at the same time people that disagree with us they prop they, they probably have a reason they probably have a story they probably have a part like you know something in their life that has led them to have a different posture toward that. We're seeing that right now, even as, as we just start talking about, okay, who's ready to do what? So we, we floated out there, okay, who's like, 
who on the on the worship team is, is kind of ready to come back and maybe start recording some services socially distant you know six feet apart on the stage and and some were ready some were like yeah let's do it others were like no I, i'm i'm not quite comfortable with that yet I'll, I'll pass on that does that mean i'd freak out on them and call them idiots how dare you think that no no, no. like that's foolish like all right great totally respect that let us know, you know, if that changes. Otherwise, great, man, we'll continue to see you online. And that, that's no, like, I don't need to freak out on them. I don't need to prove my point to them. Um, I don't even have a point. You know, I don't have a strong feeling about that. That's just, that's just part of the deal. And so just know that people are people. And just because they think differently than you doesn't mean they're crazy, evil, or even wrong. Just, you know, and so being able to have a conversation. I've been talking about that as like a podcast long before Corona. The, I've been frustrated at our inability to have a nuanced conversation in our culture. I feel like everything goes to a political right or left. And if I say this or even question that, well, that must mean that I am this. I hate, I can't stand that. Like, I, I, I can't stand that. I, if I question one, you know, person or policy or whatever, then, then that must mean that I am labeled this. That must mean I'm a, I'm a liberal or, Oh, I question that. That must mean I'm a, we don't need to have those um, binary categories with which we interpret facts or one another. So that's just good practice of being a human. It will help you chill out, right? It'll help you love one another and not get so enraged. Um, so very good. Um, I think just practice in general, but especially for this season, because as we start to reopen, even as we start to, again, come back to church. There's going to be people who disagree with how we do that. There's going to be people, or, or there's going to be people rather, let me say this, say it this way. There's going to be people who have a different idea or a different level of comfort on when that they're going to be comfortable coming back to a, a gathering. We don't need to mock, minimize, or, you know, put them down. Uh, we should respect that, love them, reach out to them every other way, and, and just know we're going to have to give each other grace. We're going to have to. Um, and that's one of the things I think you said today, Neil, or quoted an article that as Christians, we should be the least offended people. Our, our, our identity doesn't rest in this world. Our hope isn't on politics. So we can, we can you know, be people who let things roll off and, and continue to love even when we, we think differently. So, all right, Anthony, what kind of questions we got? Well, that's why I'm asking if you guys can see it because for some reason when I try and go to see who's asked a question, I can't see anything. I am going to take a shout out real quick. My grandma out in Yakima, Washington said, hi, grandson. So I'm going to say, hey, grandma, thanks for stopping by. Neil actually was a Yakima native as well for a time being. So maybe you guys passed them. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. But no, um, for some reason, every time I try and go back to see the other ones, I'm not able to get it. So I was asking to see if you guys could okay. All right, I see one. First of all, I thought you said you were gonna take a shower and I thought that was a curious move and strange time, but you said you were gonna take a shout out. That, that makes no sense. Uh, I thought grandma was thinking you stump. All right, so Alex is asking for a friend. How should Christians respond when governing authorities operate out of jurisdiction? What is our stance when the people God has placed over us make decisions when they don't have the authority to do so? Why are you looking at us, Jordan? Leave me out there with that one. I mean, I'll take a stab at it. I, that, I mean, that is the tension we're in for sure. Where 
many people believe that is where we are. Yeah. Uh, in our state in particular, there, there, there's a lot of cries that that is, that is where we are. Um, again, I think there are, there are things that need to be questioned about, about that, about the restrictions and the policy of, of Illinois. I, I, I do, but um, they're, they're also, you know, I, I think, again, we need, to, we need to think about what is our agenda there? And we go back to the previous conversation. Do we, are we just looking to pick a fight? Are we just looking to, to like, I, again, not that we should be silent, but do we um, respond in a way that brings effective change? Again, we don't want anarchy. Like, I, I think we, we need to remember that government's a good thing and, and we don't want to create a, pre just like we don't want them to create a president that is precedent that is overly uh, restrictive and we start losing liberties. And that's what people are rightly concerned about in this season, that, that power is going to be overreached and that that will be something that blurs the lines for the future. And we, I, that's legitimate. And we should be concerned about that. And that's a privilege we have as Americans, not specifically as Christians, but as Americans, we have that, that privilege to, to be concerned about that. Um, but at the same time, I don't think we, we don't want to create this precedent where we are quick to just say, you know, to heck with what they said, we're going to do what we want. Like we don't, like we, we have to be careful about how, how we respond uh, in this situation. Again, if, if they're coming at more core value things, we will all, we will fight that battle. But in this moment, okay, how do we, how do we posture ourselves um, and, and, you know, really engage the democracy system that we have as a gift? How do we engage that in a way that will bring effective change? I think the good news is many local, like, again, I, I would refer to your most immediate local government and and they're, they're, they're given some different guidelines a lot of times and we're not gonna enforce, I think, try to go there and, uh, and submit where you can and use your voice productively um, where you can. Um, some people, again, are just gonna wanna fight that battle and say this is unconstitutional and, and I'm not saying we don't say that, but just try to do that productively um, and speak up productively. At this point, I don't know, you know, again, I, I understand that there are small business owners, there are people who are laid off that feel like they should not be laid off because there's no longer reason for that to happen. And I'm not even saying I disagree with you. I'm just saying prayerfully think through how you engage that. And first of all, one of the ways we might bring glory to God is instead of just screaming about the government, you actually come to the church and say, things out of my control, I'm having trouble paying my bills right now. We want to help you. Like, again, I, there's part of what, what we as a people, our, our mortality, our dependency is being exposed in this season. And we need to learn to, to run to the Lord while still using our voice, still speaking up the government. But, but there may be part of what glorifies God in this is that God's people are taking care of one another. And, and you may need to let that happen. And so, again, that's a really nuanced conversation. Um, and, and I understand it's legitimate. Um, the principles of submitting where possible, um, even when it's, I mean, you got to think who wrote, who, who was in charge whenever Paul was writing, when Peter was writing. Uh, certainly there was some Caesars that were evil, and, and Peter was writing at least later. Nero is happening. There's some really, really evil persecuting governments in place where the Bible is still saying, 
live at peace where you can and submit where you can. Uh, and so that doesn't mean we, we sit idly by and let the vulnerable, vulnerable be hurt. We speak up, engage there, but we we're not just looking to pick a fight for the sake of it. And so use the, the democratic system that's put in place, uh, engage, uh, do so in a way that is um, not passive, but, but, but also honoring to those officials as you speak up to them. Uh, and you can be very, you know, forceful and assertive in that while still honoring them and the Lord. Maybe that's a cop-out answer. Um, it's the best I got. Totally copped out. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. He went with the easy way. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Pitch point, pitch point, pitch point. <laughs> Let's start riding now. All right, we got another one. Are we, are we wrong to knowingly defy a policy of our governing authority, even if it is in a non-confrontational way and does not directly affect or influence others around us. Yes, you are, Justin Rogowski. Anything that you're thinking about doing, don't do it. Stop what you're doing right now. Listen, I mean, again, I made it, I mean, man, I confessed from the pulpit the other day that there are times whenever if I'm going in in the middle of the night or really early in the morning to the church and that stoplight there uh, on 13 is red for no apparent reason. There's not a car around for miles. Uh, there's times where I go ahead and go. Like, and so it's laughing. That's laughable, but it's uh, ultimately, I would say that, that that's wrong. It was unnecessary. And I'm, you know what I mean? If it was an emergency. I think that just, you know, it was necessary in this case. It, it wasn't, listen, there's some strange things. Can, can five people drive to the five people in the same family drive to the lake uh, together, but then only two of them get on the boat. That's, that's really, I get it. That's silly. I do. So am I going to judge you or freak out on you if I see all five of you on the boat? I'm not. I, again, are we, if, but if we're doing that in, in a sense of like, hey, I'm going to post that and just to try to kind of give the proverbial middle finger to the government, right? And make sure they know that I'm defying it. Make sure they know. Uh, again, I don't know that that's the best approach. Um, and so there's some, you know, I think the heart, the safe answer is to say, Hey, if you don't have to defy it, don't. Um, but certainly if you're going to kind of use your judgment and go, okay, this is, this is kind of silly. Maybe they meant this for this other thing. And, and it, it kind of restricts me here. I'm going to go ahead and do that. Again, if you're doing it as it's necessary and whatever, but if you're just doing it to give them the finger and prove a point and, and stir up a fuss on social media, I would discourage that. Totally agree with what you're saying right now, Jordan. I feel like a lot of people are honestly, one, we have too much time on our hands because a lot of people are home. <laughs> Two, we're seeing everything that's something, you know, this is the new law. This is the new current time or whatever. This is what you got to do. Do not, again, stop focusing on one thing and then just picking at it, picking at it, picking at it, picking at it. Just stop. I mean, and a lot of people, <laughs> the, the exact thing you just said about people going out on the lake, I had an individual say something to me, oh, you know, I can't believe this. And I looked at that person and I said, have you ever been to the lake? <laughs> no, no. Well, what if I want to go? I can't go with but one other person. I was like, <laughs> yeah. are you just wanting to complain about something? If that's the case, allow me to complain about you. And so it's one of those, you know, a lot of people are looking at things and they want to try and go against it. 
and, and be the one that pushes on, you know, back on things. Is it really affecting you? I mean, let's be honest. It, it's very biblical. Obey the law and the lands. It's very biblical. All sins equal, right? So, I mean, like, it, it, why are we trying to, like, do this checks and balance thing as Christians? One, we, last I checked, none of us are, are, are Jesus in the flesh, correct? Just checking, asking for myself. So what is it we're trying to, like, why are you trying to prove a point against somebody's word and a governing body and this and that? So well, everyone breathe for a minute, please. It's good advice. Take a deep breath. Everybody chill out. <laughs> Just breathe. But, but, Justin, you're cracking me up. <laughs> let me try to close with this unless there's another question that I didn't see. Um, but let me try to apply one more thing here. So, Yes, the, you know, our governor said that many of these things are not going to be policed. Some are, I think the masks are, but many of these things aren't going to be policed. And so therefore, our local, many local authorities are saying, hey, we're not going to police those things either. Uh, and so just know that, okay, like we kind of have that in place and, and that's, that's part of it. There are other things, you know, if I'm living in a city that is close quarters, there's diff I have a different posture toward many of these things, right? And so if you are just saying, I'm not, you know, I don't care. I'm not going to do this. I don't care if it endangers other people, which is not what Justin asked. He said, as long as it doesn't, then, you know, screw them. I'll do what I want. If you're endangering other people, that's, that's wrong. And, but let me apply it spiritually as well. So Paul says in first Corinthians and probably in other places that I'm forgetting it, just because it's permissible, just because it's legal doesn't mean it's beneficial. And he says elsewhere, uh, just because you have the freedom to do it, if it's going to cause a brother or sister to stumble, then you should lay down that freedom for the sake of your brother or sister. So that's easily applied to somebody who say, I, I can drink alcohol. The Bible doesn't say I can't. But if you're with a brother or sister who's an addict and you know that you having that drink is going to lead them to stumble, you should lay down your freedom for the sake of, of them. I think this can be applied here too. If, if you know that you exercising that freedom to get your whole family on the boat is going to stir up bitterness, anger, and rage in somebody else that's causing them to sin, right? If you know that you're just going to stir that pot and you're going to get, here's, here's what one of the things John Piper said when talking about government and how Christians interact. Overall, the Bible is not super concerned about uh, government overreach and uh, oppressive government. There's, there's brothers and sisters all over the world that have to choose to disobey their government every week just to gather, right? Just to worship, read their Bible. And so we're not there yet, praise God. Um, but, and so there are, there are times when, when that will be uh, necessary. But the thing he says is the Bible's not overly concerned about the, you know, the, the overreach of government because persecution of government or overreach of government doesn't send anybody to hell. But he says, bitterness, anger, rage, those do. Those do get deeply embedded in somebody's heart and can stir them to a place like that. Those are sins that people need to be rescued from. And so we need to make sure the main thing is the main thing. And even though we have some freedoms, doesn't mean we necessarily have to exercise them. Uh, again, doesn't mean you're silent. Doesn't mean you don't speak up and point those things out to your government. I can do them in a positive way, but uh, you know, uh, 
being mindful of how your actions are, are being interpreted by others. The, the, the world is watching. Um, and so just keep that in mind as you seek to kind of, again, a lot of this is going to be wisdom. How do you process this? This is a very strange time. It's, it is. It is very, very strange. Things are not black and white, even from our government. Again, there's differences from federal to state to local. So it's just not black and white. And so make sure, the biggest thing you can do is have humility, have, uh, you know, assume the best about others, including government officials, one another, give each other grace prayerfully engage where necessary and where needed speak up for the Lord, speak up for the vulnerable, speak up for yourself and also use the church. Make sure that you're not doing all of this crying about how they're crying out against the government. And meanwhile, the Lord is right here trying to provide for you and, and, and your pride won't let you make sure that's not you. Um, so uh, again, uh, man, we, we want to be pastoral. We want to continue to engage. So, uh, if you got more questions, you, you know how to get a hold of us. Uh, we want to we want to be present uh, and work these things out with you, pray with you. Uh, we we didn't solve everything tonight, but hopefully there's some uh, things to chew on and, and think through as we seek to be the people of God in this very strange season. Thanks so much for interacting. I really like the live aspect of this. It's fun seeing you guys jump on and leave comments. So thanks for all. While you guys doing that, Neil, Anthony, thanks for your time tonight, guys. And uh, we'll plan on uh, we'll plan on next week. Same time. Sounds good. Next week, can't wait to see everybody. Have a good week, guys. Thanks, yeah. guys. See ya. It turns off, Neil. <laughs> so let's wait until Neil turns it off. He left. There you go. Am I still on? <laughs>